0: Media Ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at ww.corn dashstone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Open your Bibles to Revelation 21. Next couple of weeks we're going to be going through verse by verse through these last two chapters of the Bible. Uh, this morning's more of an overview. As oftentimes as we start a, a new series, we we kind of look uh, at you know just kind of a uh, I don't want to say a topical kind of look, but we kind of gather from a lot of different places in the Bible. And uh, this series, I, I praise it, is going to be very eye-opening for us. Uh, eye-opening in that uh, there's going to be some things about heaven that maybe we did not know before this series in looking to the Word. Uh, also eye-opening in that it is going to kind of cross off some things that we just imagined would be part of heaven and that actually probably won't be there. You know, heaven is one of the most popular subjects that you can speak about. Uh, it's one of those that most people believe in heaven, whether they go to church or not, whether they consider themselves Christians or not, whether they consider themselves people of faith or not. In fact, if you look back over the years, the polling really hasn't changed all that much. That four out of five people believe in some version of heaven. Now, it doesn't mean that that's a biblical version. It doesn't mean the reality of what heaven really will be like. But four out of five people believe that there's something after this life. It's kind of strange because, you know, uh, about half of those numbers don't believe in a place called hell. And so it's one of those things. We kind of want the good, our human nature. We want this heaven. We want something to exist afterwards. But we really don't want any punishment. We don't want any reckoning. We don't want judgment. And so it kind of just uh, tells us a lot about ourselves. Not so much anything new about God, but about ourselves. A lot of times when you ask people about heaven in all these different polls, and whether it's the Barna Research, whether it's the Pew Research, and a lot of different ones that kind of have a faith-based angle to them as they go out and some of their questions, and they begin asking people about heaven. And, um, and people respond, and, and believe it or not, even a wide majority of people that identify as Christians, they, they say that they have saving faith or that they be- believe in God and Jesus Christ and his life, death, and resurrection, I still in polling, it reflects that we really don't have a biblical view of heaven. Do you know that a lot of people that would identify as Christians, they said, yes, I'm a Christian, believe that when we die and we go to heaven, we become angels? Uh, that's not what the Bible says. Angels have already been created, okay? And, and yet, and again, please, I, I'm not trying to Pop bubbles. I'm not trying to tread on I just want us to think biblically about this. You know, I, I've read just this week, well, heaven got another angel. And I get that. I get the sentimentality of that, guys. But do we want sentimentality or do we want the truth of God's word so that we really do identify, hey, what's, what's next? And so if you're here and you're a human being and you pass and you have placed your faith and your total faith in Christ and Christ alone... You will not become an angel, okay? You're going to be a saint, and you will go to heaven, and you'll be, you know, in this great army of faith believers that we just sang about, but you're not going to become an angel. The angel was a different creation, and God had great intentionality of that. Another thing that comes out in the polls is that a minute to heaven is going to be based on how good we are. And folks, this is probably the most tragic of misgivings about heaven because it's never been based on how good we are. In fact, if it was based on how good we are, how many people would be in heaven today? The Trinity. You know, there would just be God the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. We would never make it because we've sinned. The Bible makes it very clear that even one sin would keep us from the holiness of God. And yet somewhere in our mind, we've kind of constructed this thing like, that was a good man. That, I mean, we do you ever notice that we have no problem with someone like a Hitler, someone like a, some other evil person that we identify through history of them going to hell and be separated from, from God forever and ever? Somehow we have this sense of judgment that not everybody deserves heaven, and yet we just can't imagine somebody really nice grandma and granddad, or somebody, even though they hadn't placed their faith in Christ, that somehow they weren't going to be with God forever in heaven. A third thing that we see sometimes in the polling is that what activities are going to be in in heaven. And and if you ask people, you know, if they like golf, for example, we're going to talk about golf a little bit today, they're going, yeah, it's just going to be one amazing golf course, or maybe multiple golf courses. Or people that like, you know, I've heard people say, well, granddaddy's fishing up in heaven today. And I get it! If granddaddy loved fishing, there's a part of us that just wants, like, heaven to be an extension of the very best things on earth. Do we get that about ourselves? And yet, is that what the Bible says? It's just, is heaven a more purified, a more tame, a more kind of, you know, organized version of earth? And that's not really what we see biblically. Things are changing. In fact, we're going to see next week a new heavens and a new earth. What is this new one? And we'll get into that more this week. The other thing that that I think is kind of tragic that we need to think biblically correctly on is a lot of times that we'll go, okay, because people have faith, even if it's not in the work of Jesus Christ and Christ alone, then then somehow God's going to go, well, you were sincere. But come on. Folks, when we're sincere and we're wrong, guess what we are? Sincerely wrong. That is not me trying to be evil. It's not me trying to be mean-spirited. Folks, it just means that either the Bible says this about how you and I will be able to obtain heaven because of the work of Christ and when that we go because of what he has done for us. There's no sincerity. I can be sincere about a lot of things and I can be sincerely wrong. So polls reflect that even those that would identify as Christian, they say, okay, yeah, we go to church or we, we have some faith, that we haven't really cornered this whole market of understanding all that the Bible says about heaven. And the Bible says a lot in one aspect, but it also doesn't say as much as we would want. The truth is there's a lot of thought about eternity, even in a world that is seemingly growing less and less religious. And have you ever wondered why? Why, why is it that people of different faiths, different beliefs, still have the kind of this vision of heaven? Do you know that every culture that we've ever found in history, and even a little culture that we would find kind of hidden in the jungle somewhere, that they have a belief about eternity? Have you ever wondered why? Is it just because this world is so frustrating that we hope that there's something better? No, the scripture actually answers that. Look what Colossians 3, 1 through 2 uh, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes says that in Ecclesiastes 3.11, that God put eternity in man's heart. But now look what God has said to do in response to that. In Ecclesiastes, it says that God, when he made us, gave us this capacity, this mindset, this persuasion to think about eternal things, even though we're very much in a temporary world. When we get to the New Testament, after the work of Christ has been completed, look what the Apostle Paul says. And it's not just a suggestion, but it's actually a command about what we should contemplate. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above not on earthly things that are on earth. Now, some of you are going to be familiar with that passage. Well, I don't know that that's really what Paul was talking about. That's not really the right context. Actually, I believe that it is. No, he was not talking directly about, at that, if you go back and read that passage, about think about heaven. What he was thinking about is thinking about eternity. Keep your mind focused on an eternal focus. We say it all the time. I use it in my sermons all the time. we are very naturally kind of based in our mind is right here on the temporal things. And yet God has asked us to think about eternity. What we have a tendency to think about today, this week, this month, or this year. God says, keep your mind focused on eternal things. And the scripture tells us that. Can you have an eternal focus in a very temporary world? I think in the next two uh, chapters we're going to be able to see that. That doesn't mean that we sit around and we just daydream about heaven. I don't know that God has really called us to have our heads in the clouds. No, we have a job to do. It's very earthly. And it's very much based on the world that we live in. Remember when Paul was struggling about his life here on earth and his life that he was looking forward to in heaven? He said, I'm torn between the two. But how, what else did he say there in Philippians? He said, but I know which one's far better. Which one do you think he was talking about? Earth or heaven? Heaven. heaven. And yet, did he have a death wish? No, he said, if God has a job for me to complete, I want to complete that job. And so, said, we are not to get so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, as an old song used to say. No, no. we, we are to know that God has called us to a purpose here on life. And in this earth. And yet to think eternally, always keeping eternity in a mindset. Uh, This think biblically about heaven and eternity, I'm going to go ahead and give you the punchline. I'm going to give you kind of where all of this is going to end up and really the basis of all of this. The punchline, guys, as we study all these different things about heaven, is that heaven is about one thing, the glory of God. God is all about his glory. And when we say that, and I remember years ago when I heard that and I was going, well, that's kind of arrogant. That's kind of centered on something. And the pastor said, what else would he center on? Except for his own glory. Our glory? No. So you can enjoy heaven when it's all about the glory of God. Are you worried? Have you ever been worried about if we're going to be bored if the, the worship service... Last a thousand years. Have you ever worried about that? I mean, we can barely make it through an hour. Okay? If you're a Christian and you're going to be in heaven one day, here's not my promise, but the promise of God. You won't. Why? The glory of God. Have you ever read that passage when it says that there's not going to be marriage in heaven? And it kind of bothered you. You know, we've preached on that before. And I'm somewhere going, man, I don't like that. I don't like that. It's not so much that I won't know Carly in heaven. The the whole thing is the institution of marriage is not going to be needed. And so we won't be given in marriage. Have you ever wondered, you know, that that really is going to bother you? I don't think so. Why? The glory of God. Have you ever wondered if your pet is going to be there? Uh, And I'm being very serious. I mean, I'm a dog lover. If your pet's going to be there with you in heaven? I don't think we're going to worry about that. Why the glory of God? What I do worry about is that some of you were more concerned about that third question than the second one. Your pet (laughs) over the marriage. (laughs) That has me a little worried. (laughs) As we have this mind right now, we have this mind right now, and it kind of works in this one direction. And the things that are very meaningful to us now, like my little willow, my little dog. And yeah, I, I, I promise you, I promise you, that God does not make light of that, but He makes much of what heaven is all about. What we really need, and that is the glory of God. And that's something that we can't even imagine. One of the things I hope also that, uh, for myself, through this series, is that we will have a proper attraction to heaven for the right reason. That is that we will be drawn to heaven because we get to be with God. And yet, humanly speaking, one of the things that we often say about heaven when we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, or, you know, God, just you come back, is kind of this attitude of escapism. The the heaviness, the hardships of earth. And so a lot of times when we think of heaven, it's not so much that we get God, we're putting more of the focus on, you know, I want to leave all these hardships behind. And the Bible's not silent on that. Folks, what we're going to see in that next week, it talks about no more crying, no more pain, no more sorrow. It addresses some of the things that we do escape from, so to speak. But that's not the emphasis of heaven, biblically. The emphasis is we get God. I mean, I, I know that's a legitimate human thought of uh, there's going to be no more this, no more Monday mornings having to go to work, and no more, you know all the things that maybe are challenges and hardships now. I mean, look at Revelation 21.4. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, Anymore, for the former things have passed away. Think about it in this way. Heaven will be a place of mores and no mores. And why right now, you and I, we put a lot of attention to the no mores. No more crying, no more pain. I mean, I get that. I mean, I did a funeral this Thursday morning. 53-year-old man. Went to work on Thursday and passed away Thursday night, the the week before. Hey, when you're 60 years old and somebody passes and they're 53, you start thinking. And yet, when I went to the funeral and be with the family, uh, the gentleman had been a little bit sick, nothing that we thought was fatal whatsoever. And uh, But, you know, well, at least he's not suffering anymore. At least he's not sick anymore. Have you ever said that? Yeah. It's understandable. It's legit, guys. The Bible addresses that. But it's not the point of heaven. The point of heaven, it's just not, man, we got delivered. There's no more of these bad things. The point of heaven is the glory of God. It's what we do get. Look at verse 3. Revelation 21, 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold the dwelling place of God is with man. And he will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. To me, biblically speaking, when we really look at the survey of all that the Bible says about heaven, that's the point. It's not just escaping the hardships of this world. The Bible addresses it. It's legit. But it makes much that we... Get God. And one of the things that I want to happen in my life over the next six, eight weeks as we look through these two chapters is that Bobby's mind and that Bobby's heart more and more longs to be before this holy God. Longs to be more and more in the presence of our Savior. Well, I'm looking for my little BB now and I think I've lost. Ah, There it is. You have your BB? Did you get your BB this morning? I put on Facebook yesterday, what do you think this had, has to do with the sermon? And people had, like I said, really excellent answers. Excellent, theological, correctly sound, biblical sound, you know, answers. And mine may kind of disappoint you now a little bit that you've, if you've read any of those really good ones. Uh, here, here's why I wanted everybody to have a BB this morning. This little BB to me, represents our brain and our capacity to fully grasp the wonders of heaven. (laughs) Not really. I mean, the Bible reveals this truth, and yet, why could I hear all the things about what the Bible says about it being God-centered and the glory of God, and still at the end of that conversation goes, will there be golf? Because of this right here. Because, and I don't care if you're the most religious, I don't know if you if you walk across. you're in the Word of God every day, still there's a limit to your capacity to understand right now. I, I was telling somebody the other day, can you imagine trying to describe the Grand Canyon to somebody who had been blind since birth? Maybe somewhere in their head, they may be able to say, okay, uh, red is like hot things and and blue is like cold things, and you could take ice, and you could take fire, and you could say, okay, this is what blue is. And somewhere, a person who has been blind since birth they've never experienced seeing colors like you and I, can you imagine trying to go explain the Grand Canyon and that palette of colors to that person who's never experienced it before? You say, well, that's impossible. They, they don't have the capacity to really understand all those different colors. And that's what the challenge is for you and I, folks, even as believers, even in the revealed word of God. This is our brain. When it's trying to conceive something that our brain cannot conceive. So let's reverse engineer for that, for a second. You know, before you say, oh, well, God just should show us more. I mean, do you really want a heaven? that your brain right now can contain? I mean, do you really want a heaven? (laughs) That the greatest things of heaven are what your brain could always kind of make sense out of? Now, there's a little BB. I I pray that you keep it kind of with you over the next seven, eight weeks. I know that's almost an impossibility. Heard from a lot of people this morning, just make sure they don't eat it. And I don't know where all that came from, but that was the resounding thought this morning, don't eat the BB. I I don't know (laughs) why, but... (laughs) But now let me ask this. If we have this limited capacity because of our humanity and that it won't be fully revealed until we get to heaven, we really want to have a concept of just how holy, holy God is, how glorious the glory of God is. Since we have this limited capacity, does it mean that we're not equipped for life here on earth? And my answer to that and the Bible's answer to that, I believe, would be no. Even with our little BB-sized brains when it comes to understanding the fullness of God, the holiness of God... Do we know enough from God about him, about eternity, and about heaven to inspire us to righteous living? That's the question. Has the Bible revealed to us enough about the character of God that even here on this earth to give us a longing for heaven? And does the Bible reveal in its words... Enough about God and his call to holy living to help us finish this race called life, yes. So even though we're limited, we have this little tiny brain when it comes to understanding the fullness of God, the bigness of God, the holiness of God, and what heaven's really going to be like. We just have this little capacity. What God has given us is enough and sufficient for the call that he's placed upon our lives. Righteous living, longing for heaven and being with him, and to finish this race strong. let me give you an example of how the Bible has revealed some of that, and yet we still can't grasp it. Turn your Bible to Isaiah 6, verse 1. This is in the, the prophet Isaiah, Old Testament, and it's a vision that God gave him, and it's one of the visions that we have of the throne room of God. I don't know that the throne room of God looks exact like this, but this is at least what Isaiah saw in his vision. This is what his mind could comprehend. Verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne. You know what a throne looks like? okay? High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. You got a mental picture of that? So even our little brain can get that so far. And above him stood the seraphim. That's a type of angel, a, a creative being that's praising God. And each had six wings. But two, he covered his face, two, he covered his feet, and two, he flew. Do you got a mental picture of that? Okay, we can conceive this. And the one called to the another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. Do you know what those words mean? I mean, do you have some conception of those words? So you have this picture of God's throne room in the vision that's revealed in Isaiah 6. God in this place, and there's thunderbolts going off, there's all these things going off, and he sees the majesty and the glory of God. And these angels, 24-7, 365, forever and ever, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Question. How long do you think these angels have been repeating this one phrase over and over? Ever since they were created. We can't say eternity because God's the only one that's the eternal one. God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So he's the creator, so he created these angels. And they have this job. And their job is to repeat this phrase. And let's just take a guess at it. 100,000 years let's just say 100,000 years, that all they've been doing every single day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Second question, do you think they're bored? Why? Would you be bored? 100,000 years, all you do, 365, same thing over and over again. Of course, we, guys, we wonder if the pastor's going to go to 12.15 or, or 11.15 now. We're going, man, he's got a lot to say this morning. I mean, I get that. This is legit. Why? Because we have this little BB-sized brain, this capacity to understand. But do we have a capacity to respond to God in his holiness even now? And the answer is yes, through his spirit. Turn over to Revelation 4.8. And the four living creatures, each of them had six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Do you think they're bored? What if they go on for another million years? Do you think they're going to become bored? Why? Because the glory of God. Every part of their creation is responding to the glory of God. And it just comes out, holy, 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 it's the Lord God Almighty. But, but I can hear some of you saying, no, well, Bobby, that's, that's not fair. That's not a, a fair comparison because those angels, they were created to worship God and we're people and we're, do you really want me to finish that sentence? Guess why you were created? To marry and have children and a family and a white picket fence? Well, that's some of the things we do. Why were you created? To worship God. The point of you being created, the point of you being here this morning, the point of your existence here and forevermore is to worship holy God. And right now it's very tainted. It's very clouded. It's kind of like, you know, we get, is there going to be golf? But I promise, when we are in the presence of holy God, every compulsion, every fiber of our being will finally be aligned with why we were created. And guess what we will be so pleased to do? Even more than playing golf in heaven, guess what we will be pleased to do? Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord God Almighty. Does your little BB brain fully comprehend that right now? Mine doesn't. And so I'm still going to wonder, now why aren't we giving a marriage in heaven? Because I really love this girl. We said, you know, till death do us part, and, you know, can we just stretch that out for eternity? I get that. You probably get that. I'm going to know her in heaven. We'll cover that in a couple weeks. But marriage is not going to be Necessary, the institution of why he made marriage here on heaven, uh, here on earth, isn't going to apply to heaven. Why? Because for the first time, uh, perfection, all of our sin and our limitations left behind, and in that perfection, we will be able to appreciate and see God for who He is. Oh, what are we going to do in heaven? one long long worship are we all going to sit around and just sing this or sing songs or I don't know but we have a little bit of a clue go back to Genesis 2.15 and I realize that we're just jumping all over the place this morning next week we start verse 1 in Revelation 21 and we'll just start marching through that but I just want to give you this overview now Genesis 2.15 this is before Eve and it's before sin okay really important before Eve, God has created Adam, and Adam's there, and look at verse 15. The Lord God took the man and He put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. I think a true biblical view of heaven is that there will be a form of work. We said, before the fall, and yet how many of you are going to work? Work in heaven? Again, we want to escape that. I don't like going to work on Monday morning. I'm stressed out by my job. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Did you fail that at least once last week, teachers? You know, at least once. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Before third period. Period. We get that. We understand that. Why? Because in our little pea brain, we we can at least grasp the hardships of this world. But heaven isn't just escaping these hardships. It's getting God. And part of that worship, I believe, is going to be working, serving God. But it will be minus what work is right now. In fact, look what happened after sin came. Genesis 3. If you're there Genesis 2, just page over or maybe even on the same page. Genesis three, seventeen 17 and 19. After sin came to the world, look what happened to this work that was worshipful in the beginning. And look what it became. And to Adam he said that as God said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall be forth to you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you will return. Do you understand what happened? Sin came in. All of a sudden work, instead of being an act of worship, now became a burden. And all of a sudden it's like, how am I going to feed my family? How am I going to get food for the next day? That's what he's saying there. And now there's thorns and thistles. And now there's sweat. I mean, before that, I don't know, what do you think about sixty eight degrees in the Garden of Eden? And then after sin? I mean, he got they got kicked out, and so they had to leave there, but all of a sudden it's ninety two with a humidity of eighty plus? It's hard. Will we serve God? Will we work in heaven? Look at Revelation 22, 1 through 3. Then the angels showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing through the throne of God and to the Lamb. And through the middle of the street of the city also, on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were the healing for the, of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be on it, and His servants will worship Him. that word servant means there's a capacity that we're serving God. What's that going to look like? I have no idea. And right now, if God told us exactly what that is, we would probably, with our little pea-sized brains, say, I don't know that I want that. I was kind of looking to take some time off. I was thinking heaven is going to be a rest from all this work here. Do you see the contrast this morning, guys? That as long as we are on this earth, we're going to have an earthly mindset competing with the biblical mindset that is suggested here. We're going to be kind of in this back and forth kind of going, I don't know, I mean, then we're going to be asking questions like, you know, Pastor, is there golf in heaven? if there was golf in heaven, let's just go there. My answer is, I think, biblically, not. But if there was, what would golf in heaven be like? I mean, seriously. A 6,000 par one? And Eric, you and I, and Jeff and Andy, we we go golfing, and You go first and you hit the ball, hole in one. And he goes, 6,000, hole in one. Jeff goes, hole in one. I get up there, hole in one. I mean, is that what golf in heaven would be like? Is that satisfying to you? Now you give me a par three here on earth and I make a hole in one. Is that satisfying? Yes. You go fishing, you like fishing? You catch a really big bass. Is that satisfying? Yes. If you're a hunter, if you're, no matter, you fill in the blank with your hobby of choice and there's satisfaction here. And so we're going, okay, surely there's going to be like fishing in heaven because that's what granddaddy liked to do. Why did granddaddy like to do that? Because sometimes granddaddy wanted to be kind of removed from the stress and the strain. And he enjoyed fishing. Oh, that's already taken care of by the finished work of Jesus Christ, guys. I'm not making light of the light that we live, the life that we live here on heaven. I'm going to make much of the glory of God. Because I promise you, when we see Him face to face, when we are face to face with Holy God, and for the first time, we have the capacity, not in this little pea brain, to understand holiness, but now in his majesty, the holiness of God and the fullness of God, I promise you, fishing and golf will be the last things on our mind. I promise you every fiber of our being holy 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 is the lord god almighty that may not be your thought today but it will be here's the truth that um, anytime we want to make a, a, a earthly and heaven comparison anything that we can think of hobbies marriage, family, pets. and we think about here's what is on us, heaven will be better. Earth will always be less than. Heaven will always be greater than. So I have five pets? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's going to be, whatever God's going to be doing in heaven, whatever we're going to, as we're before the throne of God, I I promise you at that time, as much as I love my little doggy, as much as I love that, and enjoy spending time. I don't know that it's going to matter then, guys. But everything in heaven's going to be a more than rather than less than. In my earthly mind, I cannot imagine not being married to this woman. 38 years, and I hope that... I don't know that 38 more because that would make us really old. Uh, I can't imagine why we're not going to be married in heaven. But the Bible says we're not going to be given in marriage. My earthly mindset that says, okay, man, that's disappointing. It's not going to be a less than. It's going to be a more than, guys. I don't understand it. Why? Because I have this little brain that doesn't have a full capacity of the big things of God. But I do have enough to be inspired to righteous living, to create in my heart and my my soul a very thirst for the holy God. He's given me enough of that pre-picture of heaven to help me finish this race and hopefully do it strongly and quickly. Church, does that make sense this morning? I had some more. I know they're, they're looking there in the background. Okay. There's still about eight more. So we're going to stop right there, uh, because we still have an earthly mind and I could go on for 30 more minutes. And since you have a little key brain, (laughs) you're going to go, I'm done. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, I want us just to feast on that. Does does all this make sense a little bit? I hope I haven't wasted your time this morning. I feel like sometimes if I'm just kind of talking and grabbing a whole bunch of different scriptures, I I don't feel as equipped when we're just going line by line, verse by verse. That's why we're expository preachers. Because we just want to go there. But I wanted in this first time just to give us a a view of the conflict, of the friction, of the rub that we're going to have even in the coming weeks as we look at the things of God, how there's this earthly mindset, there's this earthly limitation, these little BB-sized brains that only have so much of a capacity. And I I think that's why God hasn't told us more about heaven in the Bible. He's told us enough. But why is not told more? Because it wouldn't make sense. And so I trust his word. And my prayer is that for the weeks ahead, that we would have this longing to be before our God. Not just escape the horrors of this world. But our focus will be, God, I get you. I get you, God. I can sit down in front of you, God, and see you in your fullness, in your glory, in your holiness. And I promise you guys, that's a more than. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. And Father, thank you that because of what your Son has done and His worthiness, Father, His sinlessness, His sacrificial love, him going to the cross on our behalf, Father. That, Father, that we, we can be forgiven of our sins. And, Father, I, I do thank you that you placed in these words of heaven, Father, about how there's going to be a, a lot of no mores, no more crying and no more pain and no more sorrow and broken hearts. Father, I thank you because I, I can relate to that. But, Father, will you train even this small little BB-sized brain to think eternally, to think heavenly, to think of your holiness and your greatness, your mercy and your kindness, your beauty, so that even here on earth, Father, we can think more and more and say more and more, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, we thank you for the work of Christ that has given us, Father, the ability to spend all eternity with you in a heaven of your making. And so, Father, we train our minds, we teach our hearts even this day to focus on the worthiness of Christ and the gift that you've given us through salvation through him. We pray all this in the hope that is it is him. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, You can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.